Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, here we are again. We had last year off, and I know, look, it's a Saudi Arabia show, but I have made my feelings known time and time again. So what we're going to do is we're going to take our eyes, and we're just going to focus on Crown Jewel and decide was it a very good wrestling show or was it a pile of crap. But before we do get going, I want to give a quick shout-out to Tops, who, as you know by now, are the kings and queens when it comes to WWE trading cards. And if you're any kind of wrestling fan, you know that Tops wrestling cards absolutely rock. And I've been told this week that I have to watch a video, apparently some superstar or something, and Tops have sent me a challenge, so I'm just going to get out of my phone and I'm going to do exactly that. Hey, what culture? I challenge you to find one of my cards in three packs of Top Slam Attacks. Good luck. What this? Drew McIntyre laying down some challenge for me? Drew, I'll prove you wrong. All right, I've got one pack here. Let's get into this. Maybe we'll speed this up because you don't need to see me going through cards. That was messy as hell. Who do we have? Not Drew McIntyre, 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 not Drew McIntyre. Go fast forward. Wait, no, that is Drew McIntyre. <laughs> I only had to go through one. There is Drew McIntyre, and you've only got an attack of 82. Tops, that seems kind of unfair. So boom, there you go. And I'm also now being told, I mean, that's just my finger to my ear, but play along with the bit that I also get a special prize, which is signed, massive, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio Tops trading cards. Ooh, delally. Obviously, Tops has given these to us, and we are now going to give them away to you. So keep an eye on the channel to find out more details. Thank you very much to Tops. Make sure you go to tops.com to keep up to date with all the latest news. And with that, we get back to business and we take the finger of power and we turn our attentions to WWE Crown Jewel and we give the good bits an up and the bad bits are down. have a pre-match show for Crown Jewel, which you may have missed because WWE snuck onto social media and went, we're going to do the Usos versus Cedric Alexander and Sheldon Benjamin. Well, they did. And of course, this is a really hot feud that has been going on for ages. And we basically did just put something here because WWE always feels the need to put something there. And Alexander and Shelton beat Jimmy and Jay up for a little bit until they hit the double super kicks. And then Jay hit the big splash onto Cedric Alexander and he got the one, two, three. And this was absolutely okay for what it was. But the whole time I was like, wait a minute. What if the maybe, but maybe not come on, are they now hurt business? Beat the Usos. 
Do they then get a SmackDown Tag Team Championship, even though they're on Raw and the Usos are on SmackDown? I didn't have to worry about it, so that was a waste of my life. But look, it did what it had to do. It can have it up. Crown Jewel then got going properly, and it was our main event. No, it wasn't. It was our opening contest that, for some reason, was Seth Rollins versus Edge in a hell of a cell. And these two didn't give a flub that a bunch of other people were going to massively struggle to follow this. And honestly, not only are Edge and Seth Rollins just terrific professional wrestlers, but they have such good chemistry. Honestly, they get on better than I got on with some of my ex-girlfriends. And I don't mean that as a diss, we got on just fine, but it wasn't as good as Edge and Seth Rollins in a ring. Seriously though, they did everything, including Seth Rollins being backboarded off the steel through a table. And I don't ever think I've seen that before. And then later on, Rollins got his revenge when he took part of a chair that had been turned into a stick and he poked it right into Edge's eye. I was then laughing as Michael Cole was trying to tell us, oh my gosh, how could anybody fight with one eye? That must be impossible. I was like, yeah, I know Michael Cole. You don't need to describe this to me. And if I was going to go to anybody, it would be Rey Mysterio. The escalation was just nuts too. And that's before I even mentioned that Edge did an unprettier and Seth Rollins did a pedigree. And it really got crazy when a ladder was introduced into proceedings and a table and Seth Rollins took Edge to the top of the ladder and he gave him a sunset flip power pump through it. And I did the Seth Rollins laugh. I was sat on my couch and I went, because <laughs> I just could not believe that they were going this insane. It really did lead to a fantastic near fall though. And Seth was so annoyed it didn't work. He wrapped a chain around his foot and he booted Edge right in the skull. This was far more brutal than I was expecting. I got all the fear in the world when Seth went and got a toolbox and I was like, nope, that should never be brought up again. And really, this was his massive undoing. Because Edge blasted Seth right in the testicles and he got this chain, he was all ready to choke Seth out. But because this visionary had done him such a disservice and gone after his family, he took a chair, he put Seth Rollins' skull on it, he gave Seth the curb stomp and he pinned him for the one, two, three. And we just have to give this a round of applause. I mean, could you say this is one of the best ever WWE openers of a pay-per-view? I think you probably could. There was a bunch of pyro afterwards to underline that this was a big deal and nobody lost here. They were no losers because they just put in such a good performance. To the point, it doesn't just get an up. That ruined it. It gets a golden up. And then Mansoor and Ali had a wonderful match. Like it was nothing like what we had just seen, but we had a cool story here because they were a tag team and then they weren't able to coexist and they broke up. Just to break it right down, Mustafa Ali is a great heel, Mansoor is a great babyface, that's all wrestling is up. Ali is also ridiculously underrated and needs a massive push yesterday, and this is so simple to explain. Mustafa spent the whole time beating the hell out of Mansoor, going, you're a piece of crap, you're a pile of trash, I can't believe we were ever friends, you don't have it in you to be aggressive, until Mansoor went, oh yeah, well now you've ticked me off, I'm going to grab your foot, and I'm going to beat the holy hell out of you, because I've had enough. That's what he did. He then eventually hit his over-the-top rope netbreaker to get the one, two, three. And I was just like, yeah, good. Hometown hero. Got his revenge. Mustafa Ali got what was coming to him. Sometimes you don't need to overthink it. Don't know what that is. And you just need to do exactly what it says on the tin. There was even some fun afterwards too, because silver Olympic medalist Tamik Hamdi came out. And I'm going to admit, I didn't know who this was. But the pop he got when he revealed himself, because he was in disguise... Once again, it was just big emoji shrug for me. I was like, WWE is really ticking all the boxes. Don't get me wrong, he took longer to get to the ring than The Undertaker. I was like, I'm falling asleep because it went on for about 34 years. But he beat up Mustafa Ali. He celebrated with Mansoor. 
I was genuinely shocked by this point. It's easily, even after two matches, the best Saudi Arabia show WWE ever done. And that continued, if you can believe it, because not only did we have a segment with Titus O'Neil and Natalia, where they went, uh, look, breast cancer is really important. We should go out there and support it. And you absolutely should. But it was also RK-Bro versus AJ Styles and Omos for the Raw Tag Team titles. Do conductor hands. For one, Riddle came out on a camel, so instantly I was like, well, I'm going to be fine with this. And the real secret source here is Omos. I know some people don't like him and go, oh, he's rubbish, he can't do anything. But that's why I get behind the man. If you want your workers, you've got AJ Styles, you've got Orton, you've got Riddle. He comes in there like an old school 80s wrestler. I mean, he put a nerve hold on at one point and was going, ha, 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 like he was some kind of comic book villain. I'm a big fan of his. Otherwise, this was just every match that we've ever seen between these four, with Randy Orton slowly falling more in love with Riddle because he goes, oh my gosh, you're actually good at this. And the person we really need to talk about here is AJ Styles. AJ, if you are watching this, if for some reason you get another shot at these two, don't go for the phenomenal forearm. Because every time Randy is in the ring, AJ doesn't learn from this. So he soared through the air, he got caught in the RKO, and he was practically dead. Now, I'm only joking around here. This looked absolutely brilliant. They should do it for the rest of my life. Because it's honestly smoother than my bald head, and then Randy on tagged in Riddle and go, my lover, please climb to the top row and hit him floating blow, which he did. RK bro retained the tag team titles. Once again, it's just such an easy check because you kept things simple. We do need to be done with this feud now because there is nothing else to do. So let's inject some new teams into the division. And now I can start getting excited about the eventual breakup because this is a team that should break up at some point. Just a shame it's been diluted because every single person else on the roster also breaks up. So this was more than all right, but sadly, I can't say that for what came next. And it wasn't Dewdrop's fault, and it wasn't Zelina's Vegas fault. But what happened here is because WWE had invested a grand total of 15 minutes in the Queen's Crown tournament, when we got to the last match, my body went, but I don't really care about this because WWE hadn't allowed me to care about it, so it's gotta get it down. And look, Zelina and the drop did have a good match. I mean, it was nothing to write home about, but that would be weird anyway, unless you were writing home to Zelina Vega's family, but what the hell are we even talking about? And it basically was situated around the fact that Zelina Vega kept going for the code red, which was just sitting on Dewdrop's ass. And for some reason, eventually, she was able to hit that thing, and she got the one, two, three. It kind of surprised me because it came out of nowhere. It was clean as a whistle though, which made me happy and it does make sense. Lena is a far better character to give the Queen's gimmick to. And also I would have been very upset if somebody called Vega hadn't won a tournament, but she did. And I suppose we'll see what they're going to do with this next week. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Goldberg then had his best match since he absolutely wrecked Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam. I want to give a massive shout out to Bobby Lashley because he was a key component to this. I'm giving it up. I mean, this was just two big balls slapping bull meat. And before the pay-per-view had started, WWE did that thing again when they were like, oh yeah, you know it's no holds barred. It's also fool's count anywhere. So out came Bill Goldberg. He had a gun, he had a Glock, and he just shot Bobby Lashley right in the head and said, there you go. I told you you were going to die, and now you're dead. I mean, he didn't do that. He should have done because he had been promising death for weeks. But instead, they just had a wrestling match. Although I say that, but they didn't really because they just went crazy as soon as the bell went ding ding. I mean, Bobby Lashley basically magicked a chair into his hand and he was laying waste to Goldberg, including putting it over his injured knee and snapping it in two. If only he hadn't been a boss from Arkham Asylum, he would have got away with it too. But instead, he went for a spear, missed, went careering through a table. And that's when Bill Goldberg was all like, oh my gosh, you beat up my son Gage. And he went kind of crazy. He honestly lost it though and hit the best jackhammer we have seen in ages. So once again, Bobby Lashley, that was great work. And then he took Bob to the outside and he speared him through the barricade, which really is WWE's new favorite spot. We did get something with Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, which we all assume when they came out onto the entranceway with Bobby and they all had a bunch of kendo sticks. But Bill Goldberg got rid of them like they were James Bond villains. Now, on the one hand, I'm like, man, why do we treat them so badly? But on the other, on the quiet, don't tell anyone, this was kind of badass. Bill eventually got the stick too and he started to beat up Bob and that led to our finish. And I want to remind you that Billis Goldbergis is in his 50s. But as Bobby Lashley was teetering on the entranceway, Goldberg speared him and they fell quite far through a table. I mean, it was clearly set up, but still, that was enough to end Bobby Lashley. Bill Goldberg got the one, two, three. And when it was all done, I checked my brain and I checked my feelings and yeah, I had a good time. I mean, and look, this was not a small drop and Bill Goldberg is 54. 54 and WWE tried to make it go, oh, Bobby Lashley, look, he's walking away from this carnage. And I do understand if you're a bit annoyed that Bobby Lashley lost, but it was always going to happen. Do you think he was going to put his hands on Goldberg's kid and Goldberg wasn't going to win? And really, this couldn't have gone better. I truly, truly mean it. And that's why I got it up. And then dreams came true. And once again, I understand that these events are controversial, but when I'm focusing on the wrestling, my word, I was pleased. Because it was the King of the Ring finals, and do you know what WWE did? The right thing. Like, I would have been fine if Finn Balor had won it, because he's Finn Balor and he's super duper good. But because I had seen how much Xavier Woods had wanted it, because Xavier Woods had been talking about it so much on the internet, and of course, because it would tie into the fact that the New Day just continued to smash it, I was like, we should crown that guy. And we did. This also happened after a fine, fine wrestling match. And if you can believe it, this was Xavier Woods' first singles appearance on a pay-per-view since 2014. And I'm sorry, who's ever in charge of that? Don't leave it so long until the next time. It was so well worked too, and they did this at frantic pace, and it was exactly what you would have wanted from the finals of a tournament. It felt like they'd scouted each other. It felt like they had climbed the ladder all the way to the top and that they truly, truly wanted the victory. I don't mean to keep saying this, but I'm running out of words. It was the simplest but most effective thing you could have done. Finn Balor is just ridiculous too as he just elbowed Xavier Woods in the head as if he thought there was free pizza in there. And then just bless this man. Bless Xavier Woods from the bottom of my tootsie toes. He kept going for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. The surprise roll up as he said he would do on social media. 
I want to give this man a hug. Balor then counted attempt number one of Woods' springboard elbow, and he went for the coup de gras. Xavier got out of the way of that, and hit another most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. But he soon realized that wasn't going to work. He then connected with that springboard elbow. He got the one, two, three, and this was like satisfaction just hitting me in the face. My word, I felt good. That was way too much. I just mean I enjoyed his win. Xavier also justified his victory instantly because he put on the crown and he put on the rope, and he started to scream into the camera, I have for the power now and cameraman if i tell you to cut the feed you should cut the feed i think this is going to be very enjoyable and i am totally here for it at this stage i couldn't believe how good crown jewel was and case in point picky versus drew mcintyre for the wwe title now i didn't even particularly think the build to this had been any good because you know can't they coexist you're like i really don't care but once again it was big men slapping man meat and my word, they did some serious slapping. It really helped too that the fans absolutely loved these guys too, especially Drew McIntyre. Because going into this, the only real shame was you were like, well, there's no way Drew's going to become WWE champion. But because the audience was just roaring for him, eventually you could suspend your disbelief and go, well, maybe it is going to happen. I mean, of course it wasn't, but you could believe. This didn't stop them from working ridiculously hard, though. And Drew McIntyre especially was throwing Big E around like he was a small man. This overhead belly-to-belly he did on the outside actually made me try to work out like it was a Professor Layton puzzle, and I'm still stuck on it because I ran out of all my lives. There was this awesome bit when Biggie was going for the big ending, but somehow Drew McIntyre turned that into a Mishinoku driver, and then Biggie was going for Uranage, but somehow Drew McIntyre turned that into a Future Shock DDT. And then they went even further than this because Drew McIntyre went for a Claymore. Big E powerbombed the hell out of him, if you can powerbomb the hell out of someone, and he hit the big ending but somehow Drew kicked out at two Oodalali. They were then fighting on top of the turnbuckle, which terrified me, and eventually Drew McIntyre did hit a top rope bulldog. And then he followed that up with the Claymore kick, but once again, Big E kicked out. At this point, you knew what was going to happen. Eventually, Big E did hit the big ending. He got the three count, and I was exhausted. Some of the matches on this show were flipping brilliant. And who saw that coming? This also did the world of good for both guys because they are now going to go on their separate ways and have a brand new food. Let me just look what I have in my pocket. That's right. It's a lovely little up. We kept on rolling too because it was then Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's title. And this was truly brilliant. And Bianca Belair is not human because she's stronger than you. She's stronger than me. I think she's stronger than Brock Lesnar. She did some things in this that didn't make any sense and will keep me up at night as once again I try and figure out what the hell is going on. I mean, at one point she was press slamming Sasha Banks with one arm and later on when Becky Lynch had the disarmor on both Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, Bianca just stood up with both of them on her back like it was nothing. And I tell you, my friends, this certainly has not done it. She was also flipping herself off the apron with a somersault when Sasha Banks was trying to get her. And whatever WWE plans to do, we just have to make her a bigger superstar than she already is. I mean, she really is a very, very good professional wrestler. Otherwise, this was just so good with the transitions and the reversals and the spots and the last minute breakups from pins and submissions. You honestly felt like you were on a roller coaster and you had no idea which way you were about to go. I mean, Lynch just dove off the announce table at one point to take out both her rivals, which was a pretty big risk because earlier she had tried to do this off the turnbuckle and got caught and had her ass handed to her. And when she did have that double submission on both Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, it ended with Bianca 
Bianca giving Big Time Bex this absolutely wonderful KOD. I mean, she flew up and she came down. So obviously I liked it. That's the stupidest thing I ever said. Because it was a triple threat though, Sasha Banks then realized, wait a minute, Becky Lynch is down. I'm going to stop Bianca from making the pin. And that meant they both ended on the outside. And when they ran back in the ring, Becky Lynch hit the most devastating with all her sports entertainment onto Sasha Banks she kept hold of her championship. She also grabbed the bottom rope as the commentators went, well, that's perfectly legal because it is a three-way and you can't have a bee in your bonnet about this because you're totally fine with the whole Royal Rumble. Oh, well, both feet have to touch the floor, which WWE does literally every single year. So if you're going to be all right with that, you've got to be all right with this. Who even cares, though, because this is a match you have to go and watch, which is why I haven't even recounted it that much because I wouldn't be able to do it the service that it deserves. Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair are three of the best wrestlers on this planet and the way they work together makes me believe that I can achieve my dreams. And once again, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but it just gets me really, really excited. Becky Lynch is still your champion. Up. Which brings us to our main event and fair play to WWE. Because even though deep down in my tootsie toes, I was like, well, Brock Lesnar God, I'm going to win the Universal title. I'm sure it will be Roman Reigns. If somebody bust in right here now with a gun, it'd probably be Bill Goldberg saying, what did you say about my child? Also, who do you think is going to win this match? I wouldn't be able to give a definitive answer because I wasn't 100% sure. And that's always what you want. I also just love Brock Lesnar matches. I mean, he is so damn believable, mostly because half the time he is just kicking somebody else's ass. Roman knows what he's doing, though, and responded in kind and acted like he'd actually been scouting the beast because when Brock was trying to take him to German Suplex City, that's not what you call it, but I decided to do it anyway, he kept grabbing hold of the rope. Now, this didn't work because Brock went nope and he threw him around anyway, but it was a pretty good spot. What was better than all of this, though, is the role reversal. This feud is so much better with Brock Lesnar being a boss from Tekken and Roman Reigns being some crazy asshole. And talking about being crazy, after he had Superman punched Brock Lesnar out the ring, he did this dive which pretty much just defied gravity. I mean, flipping Nora, she knows, go talk to Nora about it. And some people still have the audacity to go, Roman Reigns is not a very good wrestler. Are you kidding me? You go and wash your mouth out with soap. Roman also followed this up with a spear. And because I'm such a nerd that got me, I honestly thought it was gonna be that quick. But this was helped so much by the fact that the Saudi Arabia fans were absolutely having a great time. You could have a criticism of some of the older shows that the fans have been quite quiet, but that was not true here. They were just going rah, making a bunch of noise. This got louder and louder as Roman continued to wham Brock with Superman punches. And when he went for another spear, Brock Lesnar did this leapfrog. The head of the table ran into the turnbuckle. And I don't know how Brock Lesnar did this. He a really big man, and I'm pretty sure he ended up in space. Paul Heyman was awesome throughout all of this too, because he was showing all of the emotion and none of the emotion, because he doesn't want you to know what side he's on. And eventually Brock Lesnar took Roman Reigns to Suplex City properly. And he also made a face like a train. Like he was kind of going, choo, choo. I mean, I ain't ever going to say that to his face, but it's definitely what he did. This was so focused too, because Brock then just picked up Reigns and went from the F5. And once again, I bet on that and actually thought he was going to get the three count, but Roman kicked out two. And when Lesnar went for another one, Roman just reversed it into a guillotine choke. And that honestly looked really, really good. I think I need to go back and watch their WrestleMania 31 contest because this one may have been better. And by the time Brock had spine busted his way out of it and gone from F5 number three, of course, he threw Roman Reigns right into the referee. He then pinned Roman. He had the visual one, two, three, but because there wasn't an official, it didn't count. 
And this is when I knew Roman Reigns was going to win. But once again, WWE had something extra in his back pocket. Because as Brock played around with the referee like he was his prey, Roman speared him out of nowhere. And this is when Paul Heyman approached the ring. He got the Universal title. He threw it in the middle of both of them and shouted, you know what to do with it. So now we still don't know whether he's with Brock. We still don't know whether he's with Roman. There's a giant Riddler-shaped question mark. And I thought this was grand. It was Brock that managed to get the championship, but unfortunately this unraveled very quickly because the Usos turned up. They super kicked Brock Lesnar right in the face. Then Roman Reigns hit him with that championship. He pinned him, a new ref was there. He got the one, two, three. But this just opened the door for so much other shenanigans. And shenanigans in this case, I like. I mean, it really was sports entertainment as its finest. We're all like, oh man, what is Paul Heyman gonna do now? And it was a really good main event to a pretty damn good card. I think this may have been better than WrestleMania. Again, I need to think about it, but in terms of this little match, it is getting it up. Which brought us to the end of Crown Jewel, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Think of all the things we've talked about in the past. Shane McMahon being the best in the world, the Undertaker-Goldberg match, everything that happened with Shawn Michaels returning. You can forget all about that now, and I understand if you don't want to watch it, and you absolutely shouldn't if you don't want to, but if you didn't because you thought it was going to be crap, it wasn't, and it's getting it up. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 